views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hello, Mr. Benny. How are you? I'm good, good. There's your microphone. Can you hear me now? Yeah, can you hear me now? Yeah, you were just a wave in the beginning. It looks like we've uh, righted ourselves. I, I, I made a super adjustment. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> super adjustment, new equipment, the best that you can, uh, you can get in terms of quality almost, and the kind that doesn't uh, give you those transmission waves because it is not wireless. It is old school. It is a headphone. That actually has wires, Benny. Can you believe that? wires <laughs> don't we all have wires i don't know i've seen the latest <laughs> headphones now and they do not they have actually are wireless <laughs> and uh they must have missed the memo about that <laughs> they must have missed the memo <laughs> well i will tell you that that's not today's show that's another show we're going to do as a matter of fact that's the show we're going to do after this show uh to just talk about so many different things out there that for me you know, along the way to doing 13 years of radio, I picked up a few things along the way. And it's thanks to all of you, all of you out there. Thank you to all of you. I am the student. You are the teacher. And that's what I love what I do. I get to learn today as well. You know, I think about my life and I think I was actually sharing this, Benny, yesterday. I was uh, I was at a presentation. I did a little thing, presentation. Uh, actually, I did a presentation to a direct descendant of uh, Kunta Kinte, and it was such an honor to be in the room with this individual. How humbling, you know, to think about the fact that here we are, and we get to have conversations with people that are shining their light in the world, and that's what's happening today with my very special guest. You know, thank goodness People like Dr. Jean, who's my guest today, Dr. Jean Shinoda Bolin, is my guest today on the show and is someone that has said yes to sharing her insight, her wisdom, her knowledge, and her message with women, with people all over the world. And it is in the spirit of that that this show today, and in the spirit of the Women of Wisdom, you know, my friend and colleague, Christanus, that... We love to honor people that have created a new paradigm of yes. It is the yes paradigm, not the maybe paradigm, not the, oh, I'm afraid paradigm, not the, oh, I don't think I'm good enough paradigm. It's the yes paradigm. And we're very grateful for that. So I want to just say a little bit, and then we're going to talk about this incredible book. 
Um, and also, you know, what it is that Dr. Jean is going to be doing at the upcoming conference. But first, it's hard for me to put into the words someone that has done so much in the world, you know, as a psychiatrist, a union analyst, an internationally known author, a speaker, you know, someone that has written more books than most people think about, uh, recipient of multiple awards, and someone that has been inspired to help all of us understand the unlimited potential we have to transform the world. And we get to do this by starting with the transformation from within, or at least I got to do it. And, you know, sometimes when we shine that light, that mirror, when we hold that mirror up, two things can happen. If you're in the sunshine, you're blinded by the light of your own reflection. You know, if you're not, you're also blinded by the light of your own reflection. (laughs) And so today we get to talk with Dr. Jean about Artemis. Now, why? Because this is a great conversation to have. I think there is, as she would say, a goddess in every woman. And by the way, you know, maybe a couple of you guys out there may have a little goddess going on. Dr. Jean, welcome to the show. Thank you. What a pleasure. And what a, what a great introduction. Yes, paradigm is really a good thing. It is. You know, a really interesting conversation about this because I could have gone on and spent the entire hour just talking about you, what you've done, what you're planning to do, your accomplishments. Um, And let's start this conversation, you know, with what I said about there being a goddess in every woman. But most importantly, how did you discover the goddess within yourself? Oh, it's I'm I'm sort of thinking, what a great question. Now, where do I begin <laughs> answering this question? <laughs> you thought it was going to be about the book, right? <laughs> uh, Goddesses and Every Woman is a book I wrote back in 1984, and it got its 30th anniversary edition uh, just last year. And it is about how in all of us there are deeper patterns than we might imagine that give us meaning and give us problems and and help uh, uh, select what kind of inner and outer kinds of issues we will get involved in and, and how how good it was to be a psychiatrist discovering not only individual stories but then starting to see patterns that made it transpersonal or archetypal as the goddesses are. They're archetypes. They're patterns that we we recognize. It's so easy once we sort of get uh, a handle on the language uh, to say, oh, she's just being a Hera, uh, <laughs> meaning, meaning the archetype that gives meaning and problems to the woman who, for whom the wife is the role. Then it gives her meaning, but boy, she, the shadow side of of Hera is like, I mean, she was a power, a, a, a retribution, a venge, a jealous uh, problem when her source of meaning was threatened when there was the other woman and the other woman and her children, which, which having married the the grand philanderer of uh, of Mount Olympus, she was often in trouble doing. But so so one day I saw this particular archetype in my office, and it was a woman that I had known before before she had gotten married and before she had gotten kind of taken over by this archetype. And she had the good sense to know that she was kind of taken over by something. And she was 
she had discovered her husband was unfaithful and it had just unleashed in her a negative energy that she was not aware she had until this moment. Wow. And and because I knew her as someone who had other aspects, I could also recognize that there was something going on in her that was very deep and was just part of her. It's not the whole of her. I mean, otherwise, when you find somebody is behaving like an archetype and you think, well, because that archetype is sort of taken over, uh, it's such a mistake to say, that's all she is, because we are a rich, complex uh, group of energies in us. And because I start out with a, a sense that the most important thing that that any of us uh, can do is to be actually in touch with sources of meaning in ourselves that are positive, a whole sort of way of looking at the psyche began for me with goddesses in every woman and gods in every man. And now I'm coming like full circle with Artemis because I first wrote about her in 1984 and I first talked about her at the first women's spirituality conference on the West Coast. Out of doors at Fort Cronkite, walking, uh, you know, by campfires and things. And I was remembering how Artemis is the archetypal Girl Scout as well as the women's movement feminist as well as the, you know, she's goddess of the moon and and goddess of the hunt. So she can be, she could see things by the light of the moon, which is a different way of seeing. It's a, a oneness. It's a spirituality that sees beauty in nature. And then the hunter, she can aim for a target of her own choosing and hit it. So focus on what you want on your own goal is, easier for an Artemis woman than someone who's much much more indecisive naturally because she doesn't have much Artemis. Well, I want to say something really interesting. Uh, one of the things I want to say is that, you know, I, I was really struck uh, by the, uh, you know, so a couple of things from our pop culture right now. And I just want to talk to them for a moment and, and in reference to the book that you've written in Artemis. I was really struck by the fact that the first time I saw the Hunger Games and, you know, not necessarily conceptually the kind of theme that we want to incorporate into our day-to-day life, but the Hunger Games had a powerful message. So the first time I saw that, and I saw the character Katniss mm-hmm. in the movie, it was Artemis. Oh, yes. She is right? such an Artemis. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And even though we don't refer to her as that, the first time I brought it up, somebody said to me, oh, you're out of your mind. You know, they <laughs> would never incorporate that. And then you write this book. And I thought, why is it? And, and we'll talk about this when we come back. Why is it right now in our society, women are relating to other women of that nature? You know, what is it about us right now that you know, young women, older women, it doesn't matter what is it about us that is now starting to look and long for the Artemis in each of us? Why is it young people relate? Even as, as, as horrific as that story is, right, Dr. Jean? Why are, why are people relating to that story? We're going to talk about that when we come back. I'm so thrilled to have Dr. Jean Shinoda Bolin joining me here today. We're going to tell you about what Dr. Jean's going to be doing at the upcoming conference. We're going to talk about Artemis. 
you know, what is it about the spirit of Artemis that is in every one of us? And what happens when we acknowledge it? And what happens when we don't? Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the show, everyone. We'll be right back. Right from the start, you were a thief. You stole my heart. And I, your willing victim. Grateful patients have been saying it for 25 years. When in pain, see Dr. Thane. Dr. Thane of Wellness One of Bellevue has been named one of the nation's top chiropractors by the Consumers Research Council of America, and for good reason. He has helped his patients recover their energy and vitality after car accidents, sports injuries, herniated discs, fatigue due to stress, the list goes on. The website is bellevue.wellnessone.net. When in pain, see Dr. Thane. That's bellevue.wellnessone.net. It's here. The 23rd Annual Women of Wisdom Conference, February 12th through the 16th. This year's theme is I Am We, Hearts Connecting Communities. Join us Valentine's Day. Maiden Mother Crone by Sinner St. Burlesque will entertain, challenge, empower, confuse, embrace, and deeply engage the audience, weaving feminist activism and our sensory exploration for both ancient and modern myths about the feminine. Community building events include open space world cafe dialogues with inspirational Jane to explore important issues to women and a teen activist panel interwoven with intergenerational dialogues. Find out all the details at www.womenofwisdom.org. That's www.womenofwisdom.org. Register for a half day workshop and bring a friend for 40% off. Tired of traditional talk? People pontificating about this or that, the left or the right. Sometimes the truth is just all lost in the noise. Tune in each week to Straight Talk with Chuck Gallagher on TransformationTalkRadio.com, Mondays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, as nationally known guests talk about what's important to you, your life, your concerns, and your success. Tune in and turn on to Straight Talk with Chuck Gallagher. Visit ChuckGallagher.com for more information. Would you like to be a question with anything that comes up in your body or mind? Would you like to become totally aware and begin to function as the conscious being you truly are? Join Access Certified Facilitator Glenna Rice every month for a live teleclass where you can ask all of your questions and learn to create change in any aspect of your life. Visit GlennaRice.com today to learn more and don't miss the next call. Join the questionable conversation today at GlennaRice.com. Welcome to Smile Big, nominee of Seattle's Top Dentist Awards. Here at Smile Big, we offer restorative, cosmetic, and preventative dentistry. Some of our regular dental services include tooth color fillings, crowns, bridges, implants, bleaching, cosmetic bonding, and complete smile restoration. Dr. James Rosenwald and Dr. Susan Aptoner won't be smiling until you are smiling. Call now to schedule a visit with Seattle's Top Dentists. Our number is 425-454-4040. You can even visit our website at smilebig.com. And with every touch, you fix them. Now you've been talking in your sleep. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show. It's really super uh, great to have Dr. Jean join us here. You know, for those of you out there, uh, I'm sure that many of you are familiar with 
you know, Dr. Jean's work, what she's done, what this journey has been like, and how we've all gotten to take parts of it with us. You know, some of us more than others. But, you know, to be able to pick up a book and to look and to think about some of uh, some of the things that get so brought to the forefront, some, some of the ideas of women that we get to step into. You know, someone asked me a while ago, uh, Dr. Jean, uh, they asked me who I thought was a modern-day goddess. You know, who I thought was a modern-day goddess. Who, who have I interviewed, you know, that was a modern-day goddess? And my first answer was just about every woman I've interviewed. Um, but then, you know, they pushed me a little bit further, and they said, well, you know, come on, think a little bit. And the first name that came up, you know, was someone that really, ta- you know, that you mentioned in your book and you talk about uh, who also said that you – you uh, are an Artemis, and that's Gloria Steinem. Uh, and so what I wanted to ask you about is as we read this book, as we take this journey with you, you know, the spirit of what you bring to life comes true for so many of us. The question I'd like you to talk about is what is it in the book? Uh, what is it about this spirit of Artemis has become so relevant in today's day and age? Uh, you mentioned Katniss uh, Everett yeah. from the Hunger Games, and and here this is a first of all she's a, a a woman who mastered the bow and arrow and can aim for a target and hit it, and she naturally is looking after her mother, and and her younger sister, and and she's gotten uh, her relationship with with men. Uh, is as is as an equal. They're partners. They're they're they they do things together. It's not uh, the standard uh, little woman role at all. Um, and there's something about stepping into that role when it is your archetype that just feels so right. But you have to have a culture that kind of allows some space for that. Right. And ever since Gloria Steinemann. Ms. Magazine and the whole women's movement of the late 60s, uh, which actually began with uh, probably the feminine mystique, and the 70s, the way has been open for girls and women to live out an archetype that wasn't possible before when it was looked down upon as, oh, you're just being a tomboy, or you're not feminine enough, or uh, somehow that you are supposed to always be the little woman, and not think of yourself or feel like like guys are are equals they're they're different in their ways and and yet but i can have a man as a lover as a husband as a friend it doesn't those those attributes uh are now allowed men thanks to women who want relationships with equals so it goes, I mean, it goes a long way. You liberate Artemis, and you not only liberate an assertive part of a girl or a woman, mm-hmm. but you also, through her, liberate sides of boys and men that otherwise wouldn't be allowed to grow. Well, isn't that interesting about that, though? I mean, you know, most of the times when we see what shows up in the press, we don't really look at that aspect of how a woman's a, a woman's transformation can affect or initiate that of a man. 
But it's so true that it really does happen. In fact, the culture got uh, got changed by consciousness raising groups back in the seventies as women got together, and it appeared to be just women talking. And so let's just let's consider that not important. Except what happened is that they learned about sexism and they learned about patriarchy, and they learned that they wanted an equal relationship. So the most active thing that ordinary women did in the seventies was go home to their husbands and partners and work on having an egalitarian relationship. And it meant that men could start to, to reveal their softer side and that men could be involved in uh, child care because they wanted to, as well as they initially was leaned on to, 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 to participate equally. The model started to change because of us. And that us all had to do with this particular archetype of Artemis. And Gloria Steinem truly is an exemplar of this archetype, except in one way. That one way is she is not a wilderness girl. Mm-hmm. 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 You know, let's talk a little bit about what this book, the journey that this book takes us through, if we could, and share it for people. And, you know, part of this is looking at uh, real-life women, as you say, but part of it also is looking at the fictional aspect of this. So it really is, isn't it, the integration of what we look at in terms of fiction and how we show up in real life as women. I'd love for you to take us through a journey uh, uh, of where the book goes. Well, I use stories and myths often because... You listen to a story and you, you, you kind of see it in your mind's eye. And then as you realize that it's more than a story, that it is a, a picture really of something that you're feeling yourself. And it becomes a way in which story and you and depth all start to make sense. I mean, I've used uh, uh, a Katniss uh, Everdeen from The Hunger Games because she is a current story that that many girls and women and men have seen and and to to have a sense of of being able to speak your truth for example which is a really what the women's movement began back in the day too which is you speak your truth and you speak truth to power now that in some parts of the world would would get you ostracized still would get you in real trouble but our culture, thanks to the women's movement, has made it quite possible for women to speak truth to power, to, to speak up, to find your voice, that sort of thing. I, I uh, also found that when I identify with some of the Greek myths that talk about qualities of the goddess Artemis, for example, as one of three goddesses of the moon. So she's a goddess of the young moon or the or the wa- the waxing moon, you know, the the crescent that grows into the full moon, and then there was the full moon that she's related to, who is uh, the feminine in her fullness, because the moon is a symbol of the feminine, and then the waning moon is Hecate, the goddess of the crossroads, the goddess uh, that had got identified as as the witch at a time when, when it was really dangerous to be wise, but the wise woman who's wise about nature and and all, um, and and used herbs and 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 helped uh, uh, midwife because Artemis is also the first thing she did when she was born because she's a twin, 
-hmm. And myth does not behave like real life exactly, but it does metaphorically. Her mother, uh, Leto, had the most dreadful, longest uh, labor in, in Greek mythology with the second twin that was carried. Uh, Artemis was born easily first, and then uh, because Hera had hexed uh, Leto, so to speak, because they, these are the children of Zeus, and there's something to be said for that, that there's something about most Artemis women having a strong sense of having either a real father watching her back, or mentors, uh, or expectations that a male authority could behave better. There's something about Artemis that has that kind of relationship. But at any rate, when she was born, as soon as she was born, she witnessed her mother going into this awful labor and helped her mother deliver her brother Apollo. And the the herb that's used by midwives to ease pain and labor is named after her. It's Artemisia. And women who are midwives really can can feel an affinity to Artemis and Hecate and and Hecate as a wise woman crone uh, was the herbalist and the midwife and the healer who really did good things back in the day before the Inquisition got to her and named her witch it hasn't been an easy archetype these these related archetypes in certain times of history, and now it's a glorious time, actually, to be uh, a goddess of the moon as Artemis, Selene, Hecate. Because Selene is the, you know, the goddesses usually do maiden mother crone. But Selene was full in and of herself as a mature woman and was not a mother archetype. So that that it's very fascinating how this particular triad of of related moon goddesses are coming into their own now one of the things that i want to talk about when we come back is the upcoming women of wisdom uh conference that's happening and you know what it is that's going to happen there regarding you as well as so many people you know today we get to talk with dr jean about the journey that we all get to say yes to uh, we really do get to choose some things. Have you ever thought about, you know, what is inside of you, what some of the Artemis qualities are, and how they show up in life? Sometimes, how do you handle that urge to become Artemis in situations where maybe it does or doesn't call for it? Empowerment is the symbol of this conversation today. And empowerment really is a choice that we get to make. When we come back, we'll talk about what this means in terms of standing in a place where we can suit up and show up. But unlike the days of old, we're not about to shut up. <laughs> so let's take a short break, everyone. We'll be right back.
Get sophisticated with David and Philip Zarza. David and Philip touch on topics such as human potential, spirituality, pop culture, and purposeful living. Experience an insightful reading from David on what the universe has in store for you. Or reconnect with a departed loved one. Philip can look into an issue or anything else you may be dealing with. Go to GetSophisticated.com. That's S-O-P-H-I-S-T-I-G-A-Y-T-E-D.com. Or call 206-420-8660. Tune in each Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 Eastern Time on Transformation Talk Radio to Limelight Radio with Katina Macris. This is an inspirational, cutting-edge radio show educating worldwide listeners on a diversity of Lyme disease-related topics. Each week, Katina will interview some of the world's leaders in health, wellness, spirituality, and human potential. For more information, visit LimeLightRadio.com. If you're one of the millions of Americans suffering from anxiety, you probably know how powerless and out of control this emotion can make you feel. This is why it is so important to remember that anxiety is created by your mind, which means that you can learn to use your mind to uncreate it. Hello, my name is Dr. Friedman Schaub. My award-winning book, The Fear and Anxiety Solution, provides you with a step-by-step breakthrough process to understand and resolve the root causes of your anxiety and build a solid foundation of confidence and inner peace. If you're ready to take your power back, visit thefearandanxietysolution.com. That's thefearandanxietysolution.com. Or call 866-903-6463. That's 866-903-6463. Mind. Step into more inner and outer leadership in all facets of your life. This means being the CEO of your own destiny. Imagine a life of what you say goes. Lynn Brown, the host of Winning at the Game of Life, is going to help you activate the power in being present, owning your space, and harnessing all of your energy during her full day workshop. Own your leadership, own your life. Get ready to own your body, your relationships, your work, and your life. Lynn and co-facilitator Wendy Wolf have teamed up for a body and spirit experience that will transform you forever. Every person will receive two 20-minute sessions of body or aura work, amazing content, and a full one-hour healing session with Lynn or Wendy. Lunch is included. Space is limited. Sign up early and get an additional 20-minute session included. To register or for more information, contact Lynn at ruintuit.com or call 844-BE-INTUIT. Workshop is January 31st, 9.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. in downtown Bellevue. Here I woke up to the sound of silence the cars were cutting like knives in a fist fight. And I found you with a bottle of wine, your head in the curtains and heart like the 4th of July. You swore and said, we are not, we are not shining. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Wow, what a great, great conversation. You know, for those of you, um, I want to make sure you know Dr. Jean Shinoda Bolin is joining me here today. But, you know, here's the thing. We're going to get to uh, have a upfront, close, personal chat with her. Yep, coming to town for the Women of Wisdom in February, which is absolutely phenomenal. We're really great. Uh, that we're going to get to connect with her again. You know, what I love, though, is that I can get a book, like the book I have in front of me, Artemis, The Indomitable Spirit of Every Woman, and, and I pick it up, 
And what I love about this book is I think it's a little different, Dr. Jean, than some of your other books in that what I use it as now is I open the book and it doesn't matter what page I go to. I go to a page and there's this paragraph or category or something in there that I read about either a goddess I hadn't heard of or one I did hear and one I did hear about, but then talked about in a very different way. You know, whether it's the goddess of the hunt that we're talking about or we're talking about, you know, a, you know, a goddess that really represents the day and age that we live in, the day and age of nonviolence or the day and age of violence. And so I wanted to ask you a couple of questions. First of all, I would love to hear um, about what you're going to be doing at the Women of Wisdom and also to let people know more about how they can find out more about you. And then talk a little bit about the transitions of life in terms of, of the, uh, the, the writing you've done in this book. Well, I'm going to be speaking uh, at WOW, or Women of Wisdom Conference, um, and I'm, I, I get to be the keynote speaker on the first evening. And the topic is the indomitable spirit in women, the goddess archetype and and inner child, the key word is indomitable. It has, to, and it has to do with with going to the United Nations, and uh, over a decade ago, because I wrote another little book about women's circles and how they empower us. But women's circles was a spiritual center. It was called, is called, the Million Circle: How to Change Ourselves and the World. And it was used as a kind of inspiration for other women to bring together a, put together an organization called the Million Circle Initiative, ask if they could use the title, and ask me if I would participate in its founding, which I did. And because there were women in that group who were at the United Nations with non-government organizations, they put into the intention statement to bring circles with a spiritual center to the U.N., and to organizations that work on behalf of women and girls. So that's why I got to the UN. And at the UN, I truly meet this archetype. And I meet the word indomitable. Because many of the women who are, say, leading organizations uh, to stop trafficking or stop female genital mutilation or some awful atrocity that I am learning about firsthand in a sense because these are the women on the ground in Africa and various other places and I am hearing about it. In fact, I'm learning a lot that we don't hear about in the general media about what's really going on with women all over the world and I am appalled and I am inspired. I'm inspired by these women who may have been trafficked themselves and now are in an organization that goes into brothels and rescues young girls who've been kidnapped and things like that. The word indomitable. Mm. And I think about all the patients and I have seen over the years who were badly treated, may have been raped, may have been emotionally put down, and yet there's some part of her that did not identify with the victim. And what was that? And that is the spirit of Artemis. This particular archetype is something in women in which they keep to themselves as one in themselves. And to discover that ever since you were a little girl and were picked on or were hurt or whatever, that you may not have been big enough to defend yourself, 
but they did not destroy some essential part of you that had spirit, that knew things could be better, that that went out to nature and found out under a tree or something uh, a healing. Uh, these are all deeply meaningful discoveries to remember and find as an adult ex- still exist in you and to and to say to your inner child what adults in your life did not say to you then to 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 note how courageous you were because you were scared but you did something anyway or you were put down and you really felt crummy and yet you worked and you still got good grades anyway i mean the sort of thing that 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 really helps in an analysis to go back to childhood and realize what happened and why and also just to really have a good feeling about the child you were that made it through and that's why in this particular uh, talk at uh, women of wisdom i add inner child because i think that the inner child that was an artemis inner child is a wonderful part of a of a woman to rediscover and discover and and you know now well I want to ask you about this because someone said to me, and let's talk about this. Uh, someone said to me, there are no mistakes that, you know, uh, and actually they were talking about me, Dr. Jean, right? Okay. They're saying, you know what? You were born in the Bronx. Uh, you lived your life in the projects for a reason. Uh, and, 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 you know, I do know that. But I have to tell you, for years, I kind of wondered about that. And I went back after reading your book, and I thought to myself, okay, i got to think about this for a minute because, you know, now you got me to think, Dr. Jean, okay? Now, now I'm thinking, all right, wait a minute. As a 10, 11, 12, 13-year-old climbing up the monkey bars on the cement jungle, as we call it in New York, you know, what goddess did I think I was up there? <laughs> I, I mean, seriously, when I got at the top of those monkey bars, you got to be kidding if you thought you were going to come up there with me. That was not going to happen. You know, it was my high place. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and why? You know, I don't know exactly why, but I felt so good up there. And I think each of us of, of women have their own top of the monkey bar place in life that they feel good. But I actually think I can relate that to something ancient, to something that is what you refer to in the book, you know, it's something goddess-like. Right. Agreed. Because there's a sense that, ah, this feels good to me. There's something meaningful to me. Some Someone else would not <laughs> even climb on the monkey bars, much less climb to the top. And reaching the top would not have that feeling you had. It's that feeling you have when you are attuned to something that is inside of you. That's what an archetype is, something deep inside of you that, that, that you feel, even when you don't have words for it, when you're doing that which is the goddess inside of you. So for some women, for example, it's motherhood. The first time that they actually hold their own child, they are the goddess, the mother goddess. Another woman just doesn't have very much of that kind of archetypal juice. Mm-hmm. And so she feels much more herself when she's able to say join the join the military and and becomes like the battalion right right you know and she is a um athena who was in mythology the best strategist that you could have on the battlefield any god you know it's really it it's wonderful to discover yourself in an image of a goddess 
and also to realize whatever the problems are that also go with it so that you can you can kind of see what your shadow is as well often and then and then decide maybe you won't identify with that part of yourself like righteous anger is is an artemis shadow it helps it helps to fuel you know your activism but if it takes you over and you become just a kind of bitch goddess who who wants to just tear up the opposition and gets really invested in the negativity of it well then a shadow part has taken you over and and really you do need to sort of retire from the field and go into your own inner wilderness and kind of come out the other end uh with with the positive side of your nature yeah yeah you talk about that in the book i mean i was i was struck by a couple things that you know you talked about you know one of them had to do with looking at the virgin goddesses you know, and looking at sort of the paradox and synchronicities around that. In, you know, it's fascinating uh, what our pop culture relates to these days. You know, one of the, one of the most watched television show it, on, on, uh, right now in our pop culture is a show that's called, I bet he's going to have to help me, you know, Jane the Virgin. There it is, Jane the Virgin. Uh, and the woman in the show just won like some mega award, Screen Actors Guild Award. Uh, and then so now there's this this sort of this relationship with that part of our culture that some people are saying is very paradoxical in the world we live in. Of course, Jane the Virgin in this television series is actually pregnant. Mm-hmm. And that's enough to make you go a little crazy of sorts. But paradox and synchronicity. Can we talk about that for a minute, especially yeah. in the way you talk about it in the book? Yes, I I can, but, but first let me tell you that yeah. the use of the word virgin in the way the Greeks looked at it and the way I'm describing virgin goddess does not mean you've never had sex or that you don't exactly. enjoy sex. It just means that there is a part of you that remains untapped, unpenetrated, unsubdued. It's like a virgin forest doesn't have have loggers, you know, making roads through it. It is its natural self. So that's how virgin, the, the one unto yourself, unspoiled by whatever happened to you, is part of what uh, the virgin goddess archetype is about. Now, synchronicities are, uh, that was my first book. It was called The Taoist Psychology, Synchronicity, and the Self. And that has been the guiding principle of just about everything I do is that if I am aligned with an archetypal level in myself when I do something, and the largest self stands for whatever you call God, goddess, Tao, oneness, the universe, all that is, you know, that kind of big picture that is beyond the ego's effort to define it. If what I'm doing is attuned with that, then amazingly, the universe supports what I'm doing. The synchronicities come to tell me kind of feedback. It's kind of cosmic feedback. So if I get pregnant with a book, which is how I describe my creative process, then one of the things that 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 I'm 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 really involved in it. It's it, it stirs up it stirs up my psyche. And the creativity energy gets stirred, which is very attuned to the largest self. And what happens then is the feedback. So that 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 
you get, uh, without aiming to be an author, if you just follow the juices of whatever, paradoxically, here I end up, I didn't, and I didn't start out to be an, an author. And authorness <laughs> is my 13th book. And I don't even know if I'll write a 14th book because I'm not on some kind of write a book schedule. It's <laughs> like if I get pregnant with the idea again, yeah. then the book will come out, out of it. But um, at the moment, I'm not pregnant is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. I, you know, I'm kind of like you. I'm in my 13th year doing radio in an industry 13 years ago that most people said that, uh, you know what, lady, you're going to last all of 13 minutes, okay? Because first of all, women don't do this. And secondly, this positive talk stuff, this spirituality, oh, my God, nobody's interested in that. Uh, Gee, what would have happened if we actually listened to some of these folks, Dr. Jean? (laughs) (laughs) Then you would lead a very inauthentic life, and you would find yourself at midlife and later in a a kind of chronic depressed state because there's no new juices flowing in you. You get tired of doing what I call form. You go through the motions of what people expect you to do. If it is to give a certain kind of cocktail party, (laughs) actually, you keep doing it in the 13th year, but there is no energy behind it. You just sort of do it again and again and again, and then you wonder, why is this meaningless? Well, (laughs) it's meaningless because you're you're doing it to please the outer world's idea of who you are, and you're not doing it from inside out. Uh, you know, we're not. And, you know, that leads me to I'm reminded by, uh, you know, thinking about uh, someone I talked about way early on uh, a couple of years ago, Malala Yosefzai. And I wanted to talk with you because you also mentioned uh, Marina Eva Malala in the book. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. And, and, in, and we look at this today and there was someone that said I was listening to a show and they said, you know what? Uh, she, she should become a saint, you know, Saint Malala. And and the other gentleman, this was one of these talk shows, right, that I decided not to become like. And the other gentleman says, well, wait a minute, no, she can't. She's like not Catholic. And I stopped for a minute because I grew up Catholic and I thought, is that really a rule? I mean, I actually <laughs> had a moment, Dr. Jean, where I had to think for a minute, wait a minute, let me think about that. I, is that like a rule? And and then I thought, wow, isn't this the day and age where we have to let go of some of the rules? I hope we are. And I think when we do that, in fact, we are doing that. All my, my adult life lifetime, led by women, we have been changing the rules. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, how has Malala Yousafzai, how has she, this young Nobel Prize winner, how has she changed the rules for us or helped us change the rules? Well, first of all, she certainly exemplifies indomitable spirit, that she could be shot in the head by the Taliban, go through surgeries uh, uh, because she was an advocate for educating girls in Pakistan. And then when she recovered... uh, to keep on saying, this is my mission. All girls should have an opportunity to be educated. And then because of her eloquence in English, which is part of why she got shot in the first place, is that, that she was interviewed by uh, journalists. And she spoke up about 
the situation with girls and education in her country. And the Taliban took very strong exception to it. That's why she got shot in the head. But it didn't shut her up. In fact, it 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 uh, to have to go through that ordeal of surgery of pain and surgery and and all um, may have in fact made something in her even stronger. And so when she had an opportunity to speak before the UN, she did. And then she became a symbol, as saints are also. I mean, there's the person herself, and and who is a a not an ordinary girl because of what she has done and what happened to her and how she reacted to it. So she is an example par excellence of what it is that you can't help what happens to you, but how you respond to what happens to you makes it your story, your your life. And she has handled it so beautifully at such a young age. And so she is a a symbol of, and and it's it's because she has the right to speak up. I don't know. There's something about anybody could say the words, but if you've been shot mm-hmm. for having said it, and you keep on saying it, mm-hmm. it comes across. You have authority in what it is you're saying, and even though she is still in her teens, she has the authority of a live life and a message is true. So that's why she is the equivalent of a modern day heroine. And she, by the way, was named after a heroine in that part of the world. So there was something about the, the naming of, you know, when parents name their children, sometimes those names carry a fate with them, uh, right. something to live up to. And sometimes when they fit the psyche of the girl, you have a mahala. mahala. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. Um, and I, I just want to kind of bring this kind of full circle. Um, it, it's it, Many people are really struck by, uh, you know, sort of the women that are evolving in a very public way in, in, in the United States, let's start, let's just stay here in America, uh, in our pop culture. And they're doing that. That evolution is happening in the most interesting ways. Not everybody is going to sit and read books, uh, but for sure, you know, we have a booming movie industry right now. Uh, and, and there are calls for certain types of movies by the way that we buy those tickets. Right. Yeah. And, and it's fascinating because, you know, when – and this is just a – just my friend emailed me about this not too long ago. And they and she said to me, I'm putting a campaign on. And I said, what's your campaign? She says, I want to bring uh, Ziva David from NCIS back to the show. <laughs> I would like her back too. <laughs> I would like her back too. And I thought about that in the context of our chat today. Yes. What is it? We, I mean, look at us. This is a number one show. It really is. It's been number one for a long time. And we still miss that character and that actor. What are we longing for in, in saying that? And it's not just her. You know, it's other people that want other characters brought back to life and so forth. I mean, look at Maleficent that came out with Angelina. Oh, well, look at her as both a character on screen. Right. And- in person, she is 
doing amazing things with children as a UN representative for UNICEF. Yep. Yep. So are we looking for more heroes of that yes. nature? Yes, Women we are. Powerful, strong. They can fly through the air. <laughs> they can, you know, they can pull a gun out if they need to be in protection of something. Boy, have we come a long way, huh? We have indeed. And it's really a great time to be a woman. In fact, I would maintain that this is the best time to be a woman ever in the history of the world, to be a woman in the United States, in North America. Uh, and that's why I, I actually call on women to have some appreciation and gratitude and also to take on, if you are still, if you are over 50, if you're from 50 to 100 and you still have your health and you have your mind, then what are you doing to give back? Right. And if you find yourself giving back, you also find yourself energized. So it is a, a that gratitude is an amazingly effective stimulus for doing good in the world and then growing your own self in the process. And so um, that's, that's one of the audiences at Women of Wisdom that I really hope to energize, which is, all right, these are women who have a spiritual grounding. These are women who probably meditate. How about the next step, which is also being active in the part of the world that you want to influence? So when people come to Women of Wisdom, the, the, uh, which is a, a spiritually oriented conference, for me, they're also going to hear about how extroversion and how active, taking an active role in the world is really part of a soul journey. Wow. Thank you so much for all that you do. I am so looking forward to you uh, coming to to uh, Western Washington here, our, our neck of the woods. And uh, I want to ask you one last question. You know, thank you again. What's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with today? Have a good time. I take on an assignment. An assignment is something that is meaningful to you, will be fun, and is motivated by love. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Jean. Thanks for joining us here today. And don't forget, everybody, uh, to uh, attend the Women of Wisdom coming up here in February. We've got lots of information about it. And to connect with Dr. Jean as well. We're going to take a short break, everyone. Could, we'll you, right could you put my website up to while you're at it? Yeah, absolutely. You want to tell us the best way to get a hold of you? www.jeanbolen.com. Yes, and we have that up all over our websites, all over social media, and we'll make sure that folks have that information throughout the day and week. All right, everyone, we'll be right back. Thank you.
Grateful patients have been saying it for 25 years. When in pain, see Dr. Thane. Dr. Thane of Wellness One of Bellevue has been named one of the nation's top chiropractors by the Consumers Research Council of America, and for good reason. He has helped his patients recover their energy and vitality after car accidents, sports injuries, herniated discs, fatigue due to stress, the list goes on. The website is bellevue.wellnessone.net. When in pain, see Dr. Thane. That's bellevue.wellnessone.net. It's here. The 23rd Annual Women of Wisdom Conference, February 12th through the 16th. This year's theme is I Am We, Hearts Connecting Communities. Join us Valentine's Day. Maiden Mother Crone by Sinner St. Burlesque will entertain, challenge, empower, confuse, embrace, and deeply engage the audience, weaving feminist activism and our sensory exploration for both ancient and modern myths about the feminine. Community building events include open space world cafe dialogues with inspirational Jane to explore important issues to women and a teen activist panel interwoven with intergenerational dialogues. Find out all the details at www.womenofwisdom.org. That's www.womenofwisdom.org. Register for a half-day workshop and bring a friend for 40% off. Tired of traditional talk? People pontificating about this or that, the left or the right. Sometimes the truth is just all lost in the noise. Tune in each week to Straight Talk with Chuck Gallagher on TransformationTalkRadio.com, Mondays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, as nationally known guests talk about what's important to you, your life, your concerns, and your success. Tune in and turn on to Straight Talk with Chuck Gallagher. Visit ChuckGallagher.com for more information. Would you like to be a question with anything that comes up in your body or mind? Would you like to become totally aware and begin to function as the conscious being you truly are? Join Access Certified Facilitator Glenna Rice every month for a live teleclass where you can ask all of your questions and learn to create change in any aspect of your life. Visit GlennaRice.com today to learn more and don't miss the next call. Join the questionable conversation today at GlennaRice.com. Welcome to Smile Big, nominee of Seattle's Top Dentist Awards. Here at Smile Big, we offer restorative, cosmetic, and preventative dentistry. Some of our regular dental services include tooth-colored fillings, crowns, bridges, implants, bleaching, cosmetic bonding, and complete smile restoration. Dr. James Rosenwald and Dr. Susan Aptoner won't be smiling until you are smiling. Call now to schedule a visit with Seattle's Top Dentists. Our number is 425-454-4040. You can even visit our website at smilebig.com. Get sophisticated with David and Philip Zarza. David and Philip touch on topics such as human potential, spirituality, pop culture, and purposeful living. Experience an insightful reading from David on what the universe has in store for you. Or reconnect with a departed loved one. Philip can look into an issue or anything else you may be dealing with. Go to GetSophisticated.com. That's S-O-P-H-I-S-T-I-G-A-Y-T-E-D.com. Or call 206-420-8660. Tune in each Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 Eastern Time on Transformation Talk Radio to Limelight Radio with Katina Macris. This is an inspirational, cutting-edge radio show educating worldwide listeners on a diversity of Lyme disease-related topics. Each week, Katina will interview some of the world's leaders in health, wellness, spirituality, and human potential. For more information, visit LimeLightRadio.com. 
called the Oprah of Radio by her listeners. Award-winning host Dr. Pat Basile is blowing the doors off of traditional talk radio. Get ready for an energizing delivery and powerful interviews with leaders in the field of human potential. Dr. Pat's fresh, new perspective on living life full out has catapulted her show to the top of talk radio. Tune in and Dr. Pat will help you thrive instead of merely survive. Visit thedrpatshow.com. That's T-H-E-D-R-Pat-Show.com for listening times in your area.